Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that is related to the door of our hope. May the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this great privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And so stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. I present the service into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated.
Господь есть мой пастырь, не буду нужде. Before we begin to immerse ourselves into our inheritance that is contained in the depths of God, we will continue the epigraph of our study in the Word of God, Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And so, in order for us as partakers of the body of Christ to divide with Christ all that was written about Him in Scripture, we will continue our study in the direction of our cooperation with the Holy Spirit and what we must do on our end. So that we receive the right to set aside our former way of life to be clothed in a new way of life. Ephesians 4, 22-24 
that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed by the spirit of your mind, and that you be put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And for the fulfillment of this commandment, there are three basic commands and verbs we must use. We must set aside, renew, and close. And to confirm this commandment, we will refer to one more place of Scripture in which the author provides an analogy for the truth that calls us to set aside our former way of life and its works so that we could be clothed in the new man who has the ability to be renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. This is Colossians 3, 8-14. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. We have noted that answering these faithful questions will affect whether we turn ourselves into vessels of mercy or wrath, or rather, will we perfect the salvation that is given to us in the format of a deposit, or will we waste it? Because of which our names would forever be blotted out of the Book of Life. Although at one time they were written there. In a certain format, we have already examined the first two questions and have stopped to examine the question, what conditions must we fulfill so that through our renewed thinking we could begin the process of clothing ourselves into the powers of our new man who is created by God in Christ Jesus in the righteousness and holiness of truth? And in regards to clothing ourselves into our new man, we came to the conclusion that we need God's help in the subject of His mercy. Because we ourselves are unable to fulfill the will of God ourselves or to enter into this inheritance, to be clothed into the new man as well as setting aside our former way of life and to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We cannot do this without His help. And therefore, the means for accepting this kind of help expressed in the inheritance of God's mercies is prayer and worship. It is a weapon of prayer and worship. Because prayer is simply the right the man gives the heavens to interfere here on earth. And we are called to give God this right only on his established conditions. One of David's prayers written in the 143rd Psalm, where he gives God the right to interfere in his life, his mercy and truth, will be an example for us of our inheritance. Нашего влияния, за которое мы несем ответственность пред Богом. 
It has become the subject of our study. I believe that all places of Scripture represent these things, but the Holy Spirit has stopped us on Psalm 143 specifically. And let us again immerse ourselves into the essence of this psalm. I will read it again, and you try to allow it to sound like it's coming from you. I'm speaking it along with you. Speak it to God, immersing yourselves in it, uniting with it, bonding with it. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me and in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. So we ourselves cannot gain, we cannot earn his mercy. It is given by the gift of grace. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of the old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest it be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. So allow me to hear your mercy in your resurrection, because the word in the morning always refers not just morning as in time, but morning as in resurrection. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. And so, for David to be heard by God, it was necessary to present God a foundation or a right that could serve for God as proof that God can interfere in David's life with his mercy and truth. And we know that from David's perspective, this kind of evidence or proof in this prayer contained ten different arguments that David brought to God, saying, Hear me because of your righteousness and truth. David based these arguments on the foundation of the word of God. This was the will of God. He was praying according to the will of God, using the words of God that God proclaimed from his, his mouth. And when we pray with these kind of words that come from our heart, then these words and these words of God, they become the same words as the words of God that are coming from his mouth, they become as more as powerful as his words. And so David had said these words to God as the belonging of heart, belonging of his heart, saying, Hear me because of your righteousness and truth, because I remember the days of the old and all of your works. So remembrance means that they abided in his heart. Hear me because I spread out my hands to you, so in the moment of crisis, a person did not run to human authorities or companionships, but he turned to God and he stretched out his hands to him. 
hear me because I trust in you. Not, my sword does not save me, David said, although he had a, a wonderful sword. But he understood very well that if it was not for God, his sword could not help him. Hear me because I lift my soul up to you. And this is to present ourselves as a sacrifice. Hear me, for I run to you. And for this, it is necessary to have the right to run to God. We know that this right is given only in Jesus Christ. Only in Him we could run to Him. Hear me, because you are my God. I have no other gods. I have left all my gods, my deities. I have destroyed everything. You are my God. Hear me for your name. Hear me for your mercy. And finally, hear me because I am your servant. In previous sermons, we have already examined the nature of the first argument that gave God, gave God the legal right to stand on David's behalf to help him withstand his enemies. We have stopped to study the second argument that unveiled the mystery of prayer to us. This is evidence brought by David in prayer that showed that he remembered the days of the old and all the works of God in these days, written on the tablets of our heart. And based on a revelation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence presented on the breastplate of judgment of the high priest was a standard for a constant memorial before God containing the standard of a constant prayer. I will remind you that there are many moments in Scripture that for God were a memorial, but this particular memorial was founded on certain items in a certain time, and this continual memorial was not bound by time. It was continual. It continually stood before God. It says, Your walls are always before me. They are engraved on my hands. This is the unique standard of continual prayer. And as we know, the breastplate of judgment was made for and served only one object. This was the cooperation and the binding of Urim and Thumim in the heart of a person, which allowed God to hear man and it allowed man to hear God. And we know that Urim is the Holy Spirit and Thumim is the teaching of Jesus Christ. It's union in the heart of a person, the teaching of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who unveiled this teaching gave the opportunity for man to hear the voice of God and it allowed God to hear man or to fulfill the prayer of a person because what man had said was the will of God because he prayed according to the will of God. He prayed so that God could fulfill his will which he desires to fulfill. He is worried about this and he is disturbed by this, that still he has not found uh, a certain amount of people who are worshiping in spirit and truth through whom he could fulfill his will that is contained in bringing his inheritance to complete redemption, to clothe their bodies into the new man, to adopt their bodies bodies that are redeemed but are still not adopted. Redemption is still on our accounts. 
We are still not clothed into the new man, not yet. God is not yet come, and he will not be come until he finds people that will receive this promise, will begin to live by it, will speak of it, and amid great sufferings will sing of it. You know that the promise of God, it is bound to joy. This is what night is an image of great sufferings when the sun begins to, to rise during these sufferings it destroys them it engulfs them there are many sufferings of the righteous but the Lord will free them of all and in order to be heard by God in the revelations of his Urim or in the Holy Spirit it was necessary to maintain a remembrance of the works of God in the subject of his Tumim the teaching of Jesus Christ which God had made in the days of the old the teaching of Jesus Christ rises in the Garden of Eden when Adam had clothed when God had clothed Adam in leather garments God did not clothe Adam against his will leather garments are is redemption in order to clothe Adam Adam had to believe in redemption and faith in redemption what did it do each one everyone who believes who Jesus Christ is Lord is from God so the carnal Adam became the spiritual man in this moment before this he was carnal he sinned on the level of his soul and God clothed him in these leather garments he understood and from this occurred the teaching of being born again which was called which is known as Judaism and then people who proclaim Judaism began to call be called Meshahides in Greek this was known as Christians Mashiach Mashiach Messiah the breastplate of judgment as a subject of a continual prayer before God we know is a sacred image of a, the format of a continual prayer that gave God the foundation to fill his will on planet earth God cannot do anything on earth until he finds a person who is like him not a simple person but one who is like him a king and priest who can come to him and to represent his will and a person who prays with this kind of prayer can be called a warrior of prayer a prayer that does not meet the requirements and characteristics of a breastplate of judgment does not have a right to be called a prayer therefore a person who prays with this kind of prayer if it does not coincide with the characteristics of the breastplate of judgment does not have the right to be called a warrior of prayer because of which he does not have the right to draw near to God in the virtue of an intercessor because only the format of a continual prayer presented in the breastplate of judgment of the high priest gives us the right to draw near to God and enter the sanctuary as kings and priests unto God so that we can represent the intercessor intercession of God we are not high priests we are priests unto God he is the high priest and the breastplate of judgment is the subject of the garments of a priest of a high priest not a priest and to represent 
this breastplate of judgment. We need to be placed in Christ. When this priest represents the will of God in Jesus Christ, then he can represent Christ. He could represent this. He can pray according to the will of God just as Christ himself prayed. This is what he does sitting on the right-hand side of God. He does this through church, through the church. He himself cannot sit and intercess for us. Jesus cannot do this without the church because he is waiting for this intercession to come through the church who will unite with him in one and will be as one. This is how the nature of a breastplate of judgment Apostle Paul represented. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, Colossians 4.2. We have noted that continuity in prayer is defined by a burning lamp in Proverbs that defines the state of the righteous heart of man. Proverbs 13.9 The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. In the original, this word put out means will be destroyed. Not God destroys it, and not God. It himself is destroyed. People themselves do not want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The father says, enter. The man says, no, you are not. You do not justice. Why did you not even allow me to take the lamb and to rejoice with my friends, but you, your other son who went out and lost all that he had, now when he came back with nothing, you gave him the very best, the very best feast. You did not. You never even gave me a lamb. The reason, and we know what the reason is of this older brother who blamed God. He had friends who were not the friends of God. He said, you did not give me a lamb to have fun with my friends. But this son had left his friends. Yes, he had lost all that he had. He had lost his soul in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, what God had given him. He lost his soul in the death of Christ. And when he had returned, he returned without his nation, without his household, and without his corrupt desires. These friends did not exist. This is why the Father accepted him in the way that he did. We must understand this. Why do people become angry, saying that God is not is not righteous no god is righteous if god will show you with his words with his words a man is either justified or condemned yes, i called you based on my conditions you on your own conditions cannot enter with your friends because if you enter with your friends then in eternity in the new heaven and earth you will not look upon the greatness of God what is written in Isaiah if the wicked will have mercy will have mercy upon them then in heaven he will not understand the greatness of God that's why do not be sorrowful for these wicked sorrow toward the wicked you are being sorrowful toward devil die for your mothers and fathers who are wicked to your brothers and sisters who are wicked who have went against the truth who resist the truth otherwise you will share in their fate with them 
He came one by himself, without anybody. The son did. He came with a desire to be saved, to eat of this bread. This bread was so valued by him. He said, I'm dying of hunger. And the older son did not die of hunger. Take a look. He did not die of hunger. He did not feel this desire of the word of God. He had no value. He had no, he did not cherish the word of God. He had the desire to be famous, to have a feast. Why did you not magnify me? Why did you bless the other son? Why does he have this anointing? And I do not have this anointing. When a true anointing comes, then a false anointing momentarily runs away and closes its doors behind it, momentarily. I was a witness of these things when a true anointing comes, and it comes always on those people who are poor in spirit, who do not boast of themselves, who come with fear and trembling, and they do not they await for what God will do. They, are given, they give themselves over to him, saying, Lord, may it be your will. I love your word. And they prepare their hearts to hearing the word of God. Therefore, we know that the image of a breastplate of judgment demonstrated a good conscience that is cleansed from dead works. When you say the teaching of Jesus Christ, add the word commanding teaches because the word first fruits or first, the word first fruit is, means prince, commander, ruler. This is not just the, the tithe. First fruits is what is what is first. So in this first, the kingdom will always be first. Why was the first brought to God in tithes? Because it represented the king, the commander. And when Israel say the word first, they think about a commander. When we think about first, we think about, oh, I will do this first so I can then do this. But the commanding teaching of Jesus Christ, we need to be clothed in the commanding teaching of Jesus Christ, leaving the basic principles of the teaching of Christ. Leaving, the word leaving means to leave and to walk away, we think. But for, he, for the Jews, leaving means to leave for ourselves, not just to leave and go away from, depart from, but leave is to have, still keep in our reach. There is a big difference between this leaving and that leaving. We must know what the word means. It does not mean what we mean. A conscience that is cleansed from dead works with a seal on the tablets of truth and righteousness was intended to give God the right to act in them and through them on planet Earth. In a certain format, we have already looked at the measurements and material out of which the breastplate of judgment was to be made. 
And we have stopped to look at the next condition, which states, Exodus 28, 17-21, and you shall put settings of stones in it, four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, topaz, and an emerald. The second row, carbuncle, sapphire, and diamond. The third row, a jacinth, an agate, and amethyst. And the fourth row, a chrysolite, an onyx, and a jasper. And speaking of this, of the precious stones, always think about these, these are the names of God. These are certain names of God. Each name of God is tied to a certain promise with a certain purpose, a certain inheritance. And the, all this, they shall be set in gold settings, and the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, each one with its own name. They shall be according to the twelve tribes. Each stone represented the name of God. A person in each stone was supposed to represent the interests of God. Therefore, the twelve golden settings, as we have noted, is the commanding word of God that is contained in the commanding teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, which we as worshippers of God are called to represent in our continual prayer. And the twelve precious stones with the engravings of markings of the twelve sons, twelve names of the sons of Israel is an image of our prayer that represent the perfect judgments of God, the justice of God, the will of God. From this we can conclude that the golden settings in the subject of the truth of the Word of God are engraved to fit the stones, but rather the stones in the subject of our prayers are engraved to fit the measurements and configurations of the golden settings of truth. A continual prayer is first and foremost an unceasing prayer that finds its expression in trust in God. It is the strongest form of prayer. It is not three hours or ten hours or six hours to pray in tongues. This is to have the properties of prayer. And if I do not have these properties, I pray in tongues, I pray into the wind. But those who pray in tongues, they do not think this way because they were taught that when they pray in tongues, they pray in the Holy Spirit. But nowhere it is written, we must, it is possible to pray in the Holy Spirit. When it says, when my spirit prays and my mind remains without fruit. Therefore, if I play, pray, it is impossible to pray with one of you, in one of you. It is possible to pray with you together, but not by you. It is incorrectly translated, praying in the Holy Spirit, but they're praying with, it should be praying with the Holy Spirit, praying along with the Holy Spirit, because the word Israel means a person who has allowed God to pray against the enemies of darkness that resist the will of God. This is what this place of scripture means. The word praying with the Holy Spirit is missing. The word with. There is a language barrier that prevents the full meaning of being expressed. 
But ancient person, when he read this, he saw the difference where the exclamation mark was, where the period was, and the ancient language was needed to be known very well in order to be translated. Therefore, this incorrect or incomplete understanding of Greek allowed this passage to be prayed incorrectly. Even if it was translated fully, completely, and if we would to be able to speak in Hebrew, we would not understand in Scripture if Urim, the Holy Spirit, would not reveal it, its meaning to us. This is Urim, the Holy Spirit. He takes and he stops us at certain words to take a look at what they mean, what they meant then and not now. That is why we are not walking simply, but we are deeping, uh, digging deep so that we can lay a strong foundation that no winds, no false teachings, and no waters of false teachings could shake our building. Because it will come, God will test each building. And only the building that will be built on the foundation, on the teaching of Christ, will stand. The rest will be destroyed. There will be great fall of great denominations. Even today we see how big generals of God who preached that there is one of them who in Switzerland who had who was leading the charismatics and all of a sudden he left over to the ca Catholic faith. If you look, a person who was almost worshipped, who was who told about how to earn money, he prayed, money come to me, money come to me. He was on every television channel almost. What did he do? He left to the Catholics. Someone asked, Pastor, what are what the generals of God are doing? These generals are so great. What are they doing? I said, why are you calling them generals? What kind of generals are they? They are not apostles. Why generals? What kind of general? I am walking one time. I was swimming in a pool, and I'm walking in shorts. And one woman is coming. She comes to me and saying, oh, General, I said, where did I see this woman? Oh, she had sing. She had come and sang before in church. But then she divorced her husband. Nine or something kids. She married a man who was almost the same age as her son, lost her family. Can you imagine what kind of people call you generals? A children of God will never call an apostle a general because an apostle is sent by God, it is a pastor. The general is different than a pastor. If I am a general, then I'm a general for devil. For him, I can be a general. When I was in the psychiatric unit, I went into the room. The whole, the whole room began to salute me. I thought, what are they doing? The first time I'm seeing this, and they, they're, they're saying the general is coming with their, with their hands and salute. I was thinking, what is this? And then I understood that they see me in the rank of a general. 
And you know the demons, when they see saints, when they see officers who walk before God, this rank of the power of God, then they tremble. They tremble. They honor. They will fall to their knees. The demons believe and tremble. It is people who do not tremble. And they say, are you demons who call me a general? We are messengers of God and not generals. We are apostles, we are pastors, but we are not generals for you. We are generals for hell. This must be understood. Therefore, a continual prayer in the 12 precious stones is an unceasing prayer that represents the interests of God and does not step away from the goal until it receives what he has asked for. The makeup of the breastplate of judgment is represented in the tree of life, the kingdom of heaven. And growing the tree of life in our heart is building ourselves into the new man created by God in righteousness and holiness of truth into a spiritual dwelling, a holy place. We have noted that all of the grandeur and order of the temple was made for one, only one holy object, and it served only one holy object. It was the golden ark of the covenant. The same way the ephod of the high priest with the breastplate of judgment was created and served only one whole object, which was called to exactly double and fulfill the functions of the golden ark, this was Urim and Thummim. Because the golden ark of the covenant, covenant and the breastplate of judgment, figuratively but from different angles and different purposes, represented the conscience of a person that had been cleansed from dead works. Urim and Thummim, I will remind you, in Hebrew means light and perfection, light and right, or revelation and truth. So the Holy Spirit is represented as light and as the right revelation. And Thummim is represented as perfection, the right and truth. And the Holy Spirit as light and as revelation. The Decalogue placed inside of the Ark of the Covenant was truth. This is an image of Christ. And this truth was represented, was presented on the breastplate of judgment as Thumim, which represented the teaching of Christ. And the revelation that a person could receive under the lid of the Ark of the Covenant was presented in the breastplate of judgment as Urim. Therefore, a worshiper of God can only be a person who has a conscience that is cleansed from dead works or who has a wise heart on the tablets of which is sealed truth in the subject of Thummim. This is how this truth we have discovered in Exodus 31.6. And I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. So, wisdom is not placed in the heart for it to become wise. Wisdom is already there, and he says, I will place wisdom in a wise heart. Do we have noted that the cooperation of Thumim and Urim in the heart of a person is the union of two formats of wisdom? that say that the carriers of Tumim and Urim are worshippers of God and have the immune system of the Holy Spirit. 
When we, through instruction in the Word, accept the commanding teaching of Jesus Christ, our heart becomes wise. We accept wisdom. When God sees this kind of wisdom, only then the Holy Spirit comes as light and as revelation. Not just as a baptism. Do you know that the Holy Spirit has many functions? When He came as baptism, He did not come you as wisdom. He came to you to immerse you into the death of Christ under the condition that you will begin to cooperate with this. But the Holy Spirit came, they received Him so that He could clothe them, but they did not use the power of the Holy Spirit to immerse themselves into the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. They began to pray in tongues thinking they are speaking in the Holy Spirit. But they were given the opportunity to speak with God through their spirit in an angelic an angelic language. But a person was supposed to work together with the Holy Spirit as the baptizer who could clothe, who could immerse him, who could help him to, to rip off his skin, his old man. Represent your bodies as a living sacrifice. They think that they become spiritual, the children of God, because I remember from as a child I was told I grew up Pentecostal. We gathered at different around different homes, and I was told that we receive adoption, we become the children of God when we begin to pray in tongues. We are praying in we excuse me, we are speaking in the Holy Spirit and that now we are the children of God. The others who do not have the Holy Spirit, who do not speak in tongues, cannot be saved and are not the children of God. This is what I was taught. And I was taught to look at all believers who have accepted Christ from, from top to bottom. And when I studied scripture as a young person, I was very young. With my young mind, I came to the conclusion that the Malacans who I lived among, the children of God, when I came to them to church, I lived in the Malacan village. They gathered together in the evenings and they sang. Someone would stand, read a place of scripture, and everyone would sing. We drank tea and we sang. Then we stood and prayed, but we prayed with the prayers of David. Each one who prayed did not have the right to pray with their own words. They had to know a certain psalm by memory and to read it out loud. I liked this a lot, and I felt an unusual atmosphere, and the singing was astonishing. So the Russian, Russian songs, it is founded on this Moroccan singing. It is religious singing. It was beautiful singing. Alongside us were several houses who also gathered a small Baptist congregation. I went there too. I was a young, I was a young child. They accepted me as theirs. I sang with them. I prayed with them there and there. And I remember how the brothers would say, how do we tell him? I see, I hear them sing somewhere off in the distance. How do we tell him? They do not, he does not understand that they are not saved and he is, con and he is with them. And it was strange to me. 
I here felt the presence of God and there I came to the Orthodox Church and when I heard when I heard singing I also felt him there and one time I said Lord how can you be here there are many different idols he said son how many idols are there to where you go they also have their own idols but they do not see this and they do not know each one came to me and when they come they come to me so we must understand these things and when we understand we begin to look at God differently at our salvation differently that speaking in tongues is not does not make us children of God and make us spiritual this is a weapon that gives us the opportunity to become spiritual without which you cannot become spiritual it is power you'll receive the power that will give you the opportunity to take off your old man with his works to renew your mind with the Spirit of Christ and to be clothed into the new man but all of this is through knowledge of the truth and not just speaking in tongues I will pray in, in spirit and with my, in my in mind this is as a boat with two oars if you if you just begin to oar with 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 tongues you will only row in one direction we must row with both oars with our mind and and tongues and the spirit in order to pray in the mind we need to accept the word at our spirit only then the Holy Spirit will come only then he as wisdom will unveil in your heart through the gospel word his truth that you already have in your heart and when you hear him you will say interesting pastor is speaking I already have this I just didn't know about this but when he began to say it I understood this all along many sisters say I understood this all the time the whole time and I said praise to God while others say how is it possible to hear this you see some people say how is it possible to hear this that means they did not have the truth but the others they had truth and when as soon as they heard it it was theirs when a musician sits a sound comes when he hits a, a note where where it hit where he hits a sound comes and he says oh this is mine this is my sound I made this this is mine this is why you accept because you were that musical instrument and I am that musician who play on this instrument so that you could hear this pleasant voice that is in you pleasant sound that is in you because many people don't not know the greatness that is in them they accepted it but they do not what it is they do not know the beauty of this the fragrance of this sound and of Levi he said the fate of Levi is the fate of every Christian God wanted every person to be attached to him let your Thummimun or your Urim be with your Holy One whom you tested at Masah and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah who says of his father and mother I have not seen them nor did he acknowledge his brothers or know his own children here it is seen that they have taken, a, taken off their old man with his deeds they have died 
For they have observed your word and kept your covenant. They shall teach Jacob your judgments and Israel your law. They shall put incense before you and a whole burnt sacrifice in your altar. Bless his substance, Lord, and accept the work of his hands. Strike the loins of those who rise against him and of those who hate him, that they rise not again. Deuteronomy 33, 8-11. In a certain format, we have already examined the first five properties of worshiper of God, through whom God could continually express and fulfill His will on planet Earth. We have sought to examine the sixth component of a worshiper expressed on the breastplate of judgment of our heart in the virtue of the precious diamond stone. The sixth name on the second row from the bottom that was engraved on the precious stone of the breastplate of judgment on the tablets of our heart was the name of the sixth son of Jacob, Naphtali, meaning wrestler. And Rachel's maid, Bilhah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With great wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. Genesis 37-8 And we know that the name of God in the precious diamond stone, according to Jewish rabbis in Hebrew, means el Hai, which, translated to Russian, means living God. Therefore, according to the meaning of the name Naphtali and the precious diamond stone, we note that the function of the sixth principle laid as a foundation of our constant prayer with which we need to serve as a continual memorial before God, this is our ability to allow the Holy Spirit to be with us in prayer battle against the powers of darkness that go against us fulfilling the will of God, the name of the living God. Our Lord lives before which I stand. I proclaim this all the time when some kind of wall comes and I must go across it, either something in the flesh, either something resisting, a resistance. And then I say, my Lord lives before whom I stand. I will, con I will still walk and God likes this because I am swearing by his name that I, by his name, will walk. The Lord God is true God. He is a living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth will tremble. Jeremiah 10.10 10. The name of the living God was the format of an oath, and that category of the holy nation that did not learn how to swear by the living God and swore to him falsely, they were headed to total annihilation. We know this out of Jeremiah 12.16-17. And it shall be if they will learn carefully the ways of my people to swear by my name as the Lord lives, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be established in the midst of my people. But if they do not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. And so in order to not be eradicated and destroyed by the wrath of the living God, it is necessary to be taught the ways of the nation of God to swear by the name of God, El Hai, or living God. And as we know, these paths are the paths of the commandments and statutes of God. The condition that gives us the right to be taught the past statutes so that we can swear by the name of the living God is the desire of their knowledge. This is how David expressed this in many psalms, and this is one of them, Psalms 119.32. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. 
In Hebrew, when my heart will become fruitful, then I can flow along the way of your statutes. Until this fruit tree of life begins to bring fruit, I cannot walk along this path. I cannot understand it. When you enlarge my heart, when I will begin to bring fruit. And therefore, he says, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. The path of commandments is the path of the righteous. path of righteous is like a we know that a morning star the word living or a definition of living in regards to the name of God El Hai means dwelling great, unlimited in power determining our being creator of our being containing our being preserving our being overlooking over our being and the Lord of our being you shall fear the Lord your God you shall serve him and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name he is your praise and he is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen Deuteronomy 10, 20-21 There are many different places of scriptures we can mention but I will bring up a few to confirm the truth The power of a warrior of prayer that is contained in the virtue of the name of the living God are called to represent the limitless authority of God over our being and in the time and limits allotted to us so in order, when we begin, if we use the name of God El Hai, not in the boundaries of holiness, we will call upon God's wrath. We can only do this in the boundaries of our responsibility and in the time that God has allotted to us. Even in the boundaries of our responsibility, we do not have the time to use this name just at any time, but at the time when God reveals it. This is very important. We have talked about this many times and will continue to talk about it. We arrived at the need to define what purpose God is pursuing when he calls his children to become warriors of prayer, as well as how and under what conditions can God give a person the right to become a warrior of prayer so that a person could represent the interests of God in the realization of his inheritance in God. And so, according to Scripture, being a warrior of prayer is a legitimate and privileged inheritance of saints of all time. Second, this is their original purpose expressed in their calling to trample the wickedness of the wicked in prayer battle. Third, this is one of the greatest provisions that is given by God to man, in which a person becomes a king and priest unto God and is seen by God as a diamond with the engraving of the name Naphtali. By not being a king and priest unto God in the virtue which a person could rule his emotional organ with his informational organ, it is impossible to be a warrior of prayer. We know that the informational organ that is intended to rule over the emotional sphere of our soul is a renewed thinking of man with the mind of Christ. And the prayer of warrior of prayer is a kind of sacred and valued mystery that has an unearthly origin. 
The format of prayer that coincides with the conditions of the breastplate of judgment defines the perfection of God in man. The genesis of prayer, as the genesis of God, has no beginning and no end. We know that prayer is a tongue of God that identifies the essence of God and yields the word of God that defines the genesis of God. Prayer was always the mystery of God as well as dwelled in the presence of God as his golden scepter of grace, which he stretched out only on the one who sought his face and sought to do his will. And to search for his will, it must, we must know his will, we must receive the right to know his will. We accept Urim that could explain to us this wisdom. And when this tree begins to bring fruit, our heart begins to bear fruit, then we can follow the ways of the commandments. Whoever dared to come to him on their own conditions without being called into his presence, let his golden scepter of goodwill to not stretch upon that person. And therefore the prayer of this kind of person would not be heard by God. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does His will, He hears Him, John 9.31. We know that the right to draw near and stand before God in prayer is the God's prerogative. No one himself will be able to draw near or come to God who abides in His inaccessible light. Jeremiah 30.21-22 says, who can draw near. Their nobles shall be from among them, and their governors shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach me. For who is this who pledged his heart to approach me, says the Lord? You shall be my people, and I will be your God. So if you acknowledge this ruler that will come from this nation, Moses had said, the Lord will grant you a prophet among you, from among you, and every person who will not hear, who will not obey the words of this prophet will be destroyed. Only then we can be his nation when we accept this prophet over us. And this prophet says, you can accept me only when you expect, accept the one whom I sent. You will say, how do you create the will of God or the works of God? He says, the one whom I send. If you accept them, this is the work of God. You fulfill the work of God when you accept my messengers or the word that they speak. Therefore, to draw near to God or to come to God according to the words of the prophecies can be only one ruler who will rise from the seed of the nation of Abraham. This is the Son of God in the saints of the Son of Man in whom all who are born of God, who search for God, could draw near to God in him and through him. According to revelations from Scripture, our prayer and the quality of warriors of prayer yielded by the virtues of a diamond are supposed to be first, unceasing, perseverant, diligent, with boldness, reverential, with showing faith to God, with thanksgiving, with joy, in the fear of the Lord and in the Holy Spirit or by prayer in tongues. 
In previous sermons, we, in a certain format, have already looked at the seven signs of a continual prayer and have stopped to study the eighth sign. This is fruit of joy. We have noted that the fruit of joy in the heart defines the state of the heart of a warrior of prayer as well as the quality of his prayer. As it is written, a merry heart does good, like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Proverbs 12:22. And do you know when a heart is joyful? Even when your bones hurt and when your head is banging. But the heart is joyful. This is when in your heart abides umim, urim and tumim. Then, does it matter if you are sick, if what the weather is like, your heart will be joyful. And a broken spirit dries the bones, but the merry heart does good like medicine. Therefore, one of the signs with which we must define the presence of an earthly joy will be a joyful heart that will serve as medicine for a person, healing and restoring his faith and trust in God. Healing and restoring his faith and his trust in God, through which he will be clothed into the new man. Because we will be clothed into the man only by faith and trust in God. But each of us, our faith and our trust in God is, is wounded. For many, many of us have prayed, taken places of scripture, proclaimed, awaited, and we have not received, and we have we had gotten sick. Many promises had died, and we have buried them. And sometimes we come to, periodically, we come to this grave in our heart. And this promise that we have buried, we say, yes, this is not for me. Here I have made it here and made a mistake. And when we see that others walked along this path, we say, listen, I have already walked along this path. It is pointless. I have tried. I have prayed. It does not work. We give them a, a recipe. We say, do not prom do not keep this promise, bury it just go to, to the grave with flowers, worship God and say that oh, the, the promises of God are dead because many children of God do this and speaking with other pastors who opened their hearts to me they were pastors whose hearts was a grave of promises they said, well, I do not believe in prayer. I love the word of God. I know there is eternal life. I know there is heaven and paradise. But I do not believe in prayer. It does not work. I have tested it. And I have burned myself. One said, I lost my wife. People told me to pray, to pray. I prayed. I didn't use... I, we didn't use medicine and I lost my wife I said poor person you did not know God then you did not need to go against doctors and medicine because this is always the also the manifestations of God go to a doctor and pray Lord I give myself to this doctor as into your hands because Apostle Paul could use the power of God but for some reason in his command there in our time there was an a academic a professor Luca who was very, very known. 
who always, in the command of Paul, was there for that reason, to help him not just by the power of the Holy Spirit, but even with different therapeutic and medicine needs that Luke used for Paul and with his, for his followers. He is called a doctor, Luke, a, lo- a beloved apostle. Therefore, we must understand when God speaks in your heart, I give you this healing right now, then this right now will happen. Because faith is the hope for what is unseen. All of our when we believe, when we know that all of our healing is in God, it can come from God. For this, we need to, in patience, to await. And if we do not have this, we need to act. We need to not resist this. And we not to need to flush medicine down the toilet. I had talked to you about one sister. I won't say her name. You don't need her name. She is among us. She had asked through a, through an interpreter to a doctor, "What are the, what is these new medicine that you gave me?" He said, "Ask her. How did you how did she know that I gave her this new medicine?" She said, "Well, that medicine that I had flushed on the toilet, they had drought. They had." They had went underneath the water right away, but these new tablets, they do not go underneath the water. They float on top of the water, and the doctor had lost his words. Do not do this. Trust in God. And accept the medicine that a doctor gives you. And before you do this, pray. And if you feel some sort of danger, you can come to me and say, I feel danger towards this kind of doctor. Yes, I know that some doctors are are dedicated to Satan, but there are others who, who are not. A broken spirit is an image of a stiff-necked heart guided by his pride and unrenewed mind which lacks an atmosphere of unearthly joy. This deprives God of the basis to heal a person because he has no joy there. Joy will always be in that you accept the word of God. It is always joy. It is victory. It is triumph. The Holy Spirit is also joy. We have noted that the property or character contained in the word joy, as in the characteristic before, is seen in prayer as a command and military order, non-compliance toward which will result in death and destruction of the the relationship contained in a covenant with God. This is how Apostle Jude summarized in his short letter to the Church of Christ by notating joy into a certain rank as part of our salvation in Jesus Christ. Judah was born from Joseph, and Christ was born from the Holy Spirit, as we know. They were brothers. Jude, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, put joy in a certain rank which has become our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. From this we note that for God 
Ablamishan joy is a lack of a foundation that will keep us from stumbling to present us faultless before the presence of His glory. Second, the glory of God abides in the atmosphere of unblemished joy and is an expression of unblemished joy. The glory of God and his expression of the joy of God. Blemish and joy is a spot that yields uncleanliness, malice, and lies. A person who is not free from this blemish cannot be allowed to enter in heaven in virtues such as joy as well as other characteristics. Revelation 21:27. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in Lamb's Book of Life. Defining the vessel of unearthly joy and its natural characteristics, we came to the conclusion that Unblemished joy in prayer will be a direct result of the fact that this kind of joy can only come from a pure, pure person if the atmosphere or unblemished joy abides in our heart then our prayer will also express the properties of this joy we must distinguish earthly or ordinary joy from supernatural joy which has its distinctive roots in God its source in God and its origin in God for the two kinds of joy are two programs that come from different vessels God and the fallen cherubim and since the heart of a person is a programmed device and the kind of joy that a person favors clothes him and it begins to rule in his essence. And if we prefer earthly joy, then it, if we try to be joyful with earthly joy, if we turn our joy to the flesh then it will measure our relationship with God on the other hand it will oppress unearthly joy if we prefer unearthly joy then it will also measure our relationship with God because of its supernatural abilities it is impossible to test unearthly joy without feeling it in our physical abilities because apart from earthly joy it is not an emotion or feeling that betters the mood supernatural joy is a discipline of the mind and heart that creates peace in the heart of a person and balances controls and leads over feelings and when these feelings are brittled by the discipline of the mind and will of man, then these feelings could feel the healing of the joyful heart that is the vessel of his unearthly joy, leading him to eternal life. Unblemished joy in prayer is a proclamation of the faith of the heart that proclaims who God is for us in Christ Jesus and what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. This kind of proclamation of the faith of the heart is equal to the power of the words that come from the mouth of God. Turning to the unique wisdom of Scripture in defining unearthly joy, we decided to examine the virtue of unearthly joy in the heart of a person who was born from the unfeeding seed of the word of truth that abides in Christ. The first source of unearthly joy is God Himself. And therefore, God is a standard and measure that yields the properties of unearthly joy. 
Because of this, unearthly joy is not just the property and atmosphere in which God abides, but one of His holy names with which He triumphs over His enemies. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God in my exceeding joy, and on the harp I will praise you. O God, my God, why are you cast down, O my soul? And take a look at what David does. He says, I will come and I will praise God. And what I will speak, what will I say to myself at this time, to my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. Psalms 43, 4 through 5. I do this, and it very it works very effectively when in my body or my soul begins to begins trying to feel sorry for itself. I say, hold on a second. Why? What are you trying to do? No, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? All of this is good for you. All of these pains will soon pass. You need to carry it worthily. Our heart, my heart contains the joy of God, and it will soon clothe you. Therefore, let's take our last strengths and let's move on forward. And my mood changes. My feelings begin to obey. My horse is very well ridden and bridled. It is enough to say to it, why are you cast down? That's it, enough. We have a great God. Take a look at what kind of God we have. Why are you somber? Therefore, to define the essence of unearthly joy and the conditions that we must fulfill to unleash its virtue in our prayer, we arrived at four different aspects. This is the definition and purpose of the fruit of joy in prayer, the price for gaining and releasing the fruit of joy, this is keeping and cultivating the fruit of joy, and the fruit and reward received from expressing pure joy in prayer. In a certain format, we have already studied the first two questions, therefore we will turn to study the third question. What conditions are necessary to fulfill to keep and cultivate the fruit of joy in our prayer? In looking at this, we already looked at several points. The first condition to keeping and cultivating. The first condition to keeping and cultivating the fruit of unblemished joy in prayer is sanctification and redemption that takes hold of the spirit, soul, and body. The second condition to keeping and cultivating the fruit of unblemished joy in prayer is celebrating the Feast of Booths. The third condition to keep and cultivate the fruit of unblemished joy in prayer is the sanctification of the walls of Jerusalem and bringing big sacrifices and bringing tithes and offerings. What do we do? The fourth condition to keep and cultivate the fruit of a moment's joy in prayer is gaining the legal right to avenge our enemies, which is a sinful man, and those such as the wicked and lawless that uphold him. 
The fifth condition for keeping cultivating the fruit of unblemished joy and prayer is a state of the heart of the righteous that knows the bitterness of his soul and in whose joy a stranger does not share. The sixth condition to keeping cultivating the fruit of unblemished joy and prayer is the ability to practice the peace of God. For the new information, the material, we did not have time left. I ask uh, for apologies that I had spoken away from, from the text, but sometimes I, I, it is necessary to do so, so that we understand that what we repeat are not simple things, but they must become alive in us and when they begin to become proclaimed we must not say oh I know this I know this further let's go further further we must cherish when you are hungry and that same bread that you have ate in the morning and then the evening you are hungry again you will eat it with the same joy as you did in the morning let's with joy eat the bread of the word of God and we'll eat of the rest next service now who is able may we bow our knees our heads so that we can worship God and thank him for today's service Amen Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ, I bow down before you with reverence, with fear, trembling, and joy. This is a unique holy place that uniquely you, has out, you have outlined for the worship of your holy name. We have long battled for this place, and Satan for a long time had tried to take this away from us and I understood that we can worship you in any place but I knew that I came to this place according to your revelation and through your revelation in my spirit and therefore I did not want was not ready to give it away to wicked people who tried to destroy the place where we worship you Although this place is our assembly and this place is our spirit, but this place is also the place that gives us the opportunity to gather here together to feel the hearts of each other, the shoulders of one another to be one-minded so that we can Forgive one another, just as you have forgiven us in Christ. We have taken all these principles and we come here with joy. Sometimes we have to resist pain, circumstances, and sometimes we have to battle our lack of desire telling our human nature we need to go to worship the Lord will wait for us there we have set a time for us to be here and what will happen if he comes and I still I remain at home and I thank you 
that here is not just us, but all the space is filled with your angels who with joy share in us with our, in our worship and they worship along with us who with trembling await so that we can express the words of faith that can become their weapon for our defense from every root form of evil for your angels defend those who fear you those who honor you and who call upon your name may the greatness of your word in this place be blessed and in the heart of every holy person who magnifies your name who meditates upon it who listens to it who strives toward it I thank you. I am astonished by your word, by your church, by the works of your hands. And may your hand be blessed in your, your works, may they bless you. For we are the work of your hands. You have created us so that we can fulfill your good works that could be your vessel, your source that could come from your source so that we can step on every enemy and forgive our neighbors. Praise to your holy name. Blessed be your mercy and the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit and for your truth, for your wonderful Holy Spirit in whom you show your kindness, your great kindness, your patience, your divine love. How many times we had resisted it and it did not depart from us, it did not leave us. It was somber when we it continued to intercess in us and comfort us so that you could have mercy upon us. You could cover us with yourself. He had become your comforter for us, your shield. You did not send him as a judge for your church. You sent him as a comforter. And I thank you that your church has grown, that the prophecies are given not to judge, but to comfort your church if it judges then it judges the lawless and the wicked as Ananias and Sapphira but your children who are set in a trap for the wicked it tries to take them out of there through prophet Jeremiah Ezekiel you had said I will pluck them out of your hands I will gather my sheep and I will shepherd them and I will give them teachers who will hear the, their voices and they will stop choosing 
teachers that will flatter their ears. We praise you, Father of heaven and earth, who bow down before you along with your holy nation, whom you have loved, for whom you have given your Son. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the hand of the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now may we together proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.